that going. So, um, as Debbie mentioned, I thought um, something that God had laid on my heart here um, recently. Um, at a, actually, Mike and I and another friend, Guy Dotson, got to go to a uh, John Eldridge event together. And one of the things that really pressed in to me at that event was um, this thing about agreements in our thoughts and where those come from and, and how we um, buy into uh, those. And a lot of times what we're buying into is a lie. And so I don't know if that resonates with anyone, but I wanted to talk about tonight is some ways um, really just jumping off uh, you would think that Mike and I planned it, but we didn't. But he was in, uh, we were in Hebrews 5.14. You can go ahead and find Hebrews 5.14. And then also uh, stick a finger in Ephesians 5.8 and 10. We're going to springboard from Hebrews 5.14 where Mike was at last week and springboard over to Ephesians 5.8 and 10. Then I have some other verses we can, we can read together. Um, I wanted to first say, if you really knew me, uh, those of you who've been traveling with the refuge for a little while, we haven't done if you if you really knew me in quite some time. But if you really knew me, I I went to college here at MTSU, uh, got my undergraduate business degree, uh, went on and um, got my master's in business, and uh, don't sit here. Uh, that's not the point. I'm not sitting here tell you that for that reason. But what I want to share with you is that through that coursework and time. Um, I didn't graduate with honors, but I didn't, um, there was one, one class that I failed. I had one F on my transcript when I finished, and that class was public speaking. And so I want to share that with you because um, for me to be here and to do this um, does not come easy. And now sitting here and wanting to share with you what I want to share, I look back over a lot of those experiences and realize that there's a lot of things that play into that, but one of the things that was playing into that was my lack of leaning into the Holy Spirit and understanding the truth versus my willingness to listen to the lie of Satan that would keep me bound and afraid to publicly speak, and particularly uh, when it would come to something like this, uh, something as fruitful as sharing what God lays on us. And uh, so I've, it still doesn't come easy, but it comes easier as I've realized that battle that's going on and I begin to fight it um, in a way with the truth that can help me walk through that. And it reminds me of something I wanted to share to kind of start our time off, but in the movie Braveheart, um, you've seen that movie, William Wallace is um, the featured actor there, Mel Gibson, that is leading uh, the Scots against the English for their freedom. And uh, at a very young age, uh, William loses his dad, Malcolm. And uh, before he goes off to fight his dad, Malcolm, before he goes off to fight, William mounts the horse to go with him. And William says, what are you doing? He said, I'm going. I'm going to hell. And so he takes him off the horse and puts him down. And um, he said, I can help. And he says, um, I can fight. And his dad looks at him and says, I know you can fight, but it's your wit that proves you're a man. 
And so um, I think there's a lot of truth in that that we can carry over. Um, that there, it's our wit, it's our thinking, it's our leaning in and trusting in the truth that allows us to be able to fight the battles in the way um, that we can hold off uh, Satan and how he presses in on uh, the king's territory. Um, so let me um, throw some, a couple questions at you to get your thoughts stirring and then just make some statements. And it's all just in an effort to get thoughts rolling and then we're going to dive into some scripture. But a couple questions are, for each of us personally, what agreements are we making? And just hang with me if agreements, if that language and that label doesn't resonate with you, but just think about what are you hearing, what are you thinking, and how are you agreeing with that? So what agreements are we making, and then who are we making agreements with? Where are those thoughts coming from? Who who are we agreeing with? What what agreements are we making, and who are those agreements? Uh, who are we making those agreements with? So here's some here's some statements just to think about. Um, we can't live past the identity we accept. We can't live past the identity we accept. Uh, the fact is, we have an enemy. Um, Strongholds are real. We are, through our faith in Christ, as we so beautifully sang and praise uh, just a few mo moments ago, it's our righteousness are through Christ. And through Him, we are uh, members of the King's army. And we know that ultimately, uh, victory is ours. But the fact of the matter today, as we sit here, we're behind enemy lines. Um, and so with that being the fact we must break agreements and banish the enemy and that um, as we talk about Isaiah 61.1 and, um, and um, Luke 4.14 through 19 where uh, in Isaiah it's the prophet Isaiah speaking uh, God speaking through him that uh, he will come and set the captives free and restore what's lost and Jesus reads that uh, to the Pharisees and the, and the religious leaders in uh, Luke that's recorded. And he says, I am. And so he comes to restore, uh, set us free, to liberate us, and restore what's lost. Um, but another fact is that freedom's not free, and it's not easy. And that we have to every day fight the battle to guard the king's territory and state claim as we sit behind enemy lines under the ruler of this world and the impact he has. So it's not, freedom is not a passive place that we can sit. If we believe that, I believe that's an agreement that allows a stronghold. It allows you to be, uh, can be ineffective because Satan's already got you in a passive state where that uh, you're not not even aware, not ready to battle. So that's a little bit what I want to talk about. Hebrews 5.14 that I mentioned is where we were last week, and uh, I'll read that if you find it, uh, Hebrews 
said, um, but solid food is for mature, for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. I thought, man, that's, that's cool that he would be talking about that verse because I think the back half of that verse is where we springboard into this exercise and these things that I wanted to talk about tonight is that picking up where the discernment comes from the training by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And so one tool we need is that distinguishable ability. And that's where I picked up Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. If you join me there, Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. Uh, to your left, towards the front of the book from Hebrews. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So I think it's an important, crucial verse for us to live out. If you remember a few weeks ago uh, when I shared, um, I tried to just bring some awareness to things that I thought we could do to live in Galatians 5.22 and 5.23 in the verses thereafter where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. In the verses right after that descriptive, it says, if we walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit. So there's that, that if there, if, if we follow the Spirit, live in the Spirit, and walk in the Spirit. And um, those fruits are the same. In, in the New Testament, Jesus says that you'll know them by their fruits. I think he's talking about not only people, but also our thoughts. You would know them by their fruits. And so, I offer you Ephesians 5, 8 through 10 as the gold standard to keep that in your pocket, in your quiver, as the gold standard, as as Paul would say, as we take thoughts captive, that you would pull out Ephesians 8 and 10 and say, in that moment, is it fruitful? And distinguish, is it good or is it evil? And therefore then resist it and break that agreement or claim it as, as fruitful and spiritual and accept it. So I want to speak into uh, behind enemy lines for a second just to uh, go to Scripture. As I mentioned in some of the comments earlier that we are behind enemy lines. So strongholds are real, and uh, you can follow. I'm going to flip around here. Sometimes it'll take me longer to find than the others, but uh, invite you to join me for the little scripture journey we'll do here. Um, I'll give you a second to, to flip around. Uh, Ephesians 4:26. It's a good chance for me to get a sip. Ephesians 4:26. Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse 26, says, We're good? Mm 
Be angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Um, so I just wanted to use that verse just to show that um, the point here is that letting anger and the sun go down on that anger cre creates an opportunity for a stronghold. And that's something I've struggled with, is that in fear of damaging a relationship is when angry or unpleased, believing and agreeing that I can't speak into that with truth and love and grace um, without it damaging the relationship. And I believe that's a lie, because I believe it says that we are speaking truth and love and we should be able to share amongst our relationships when somebody has said or done something that displeases us and be able to communicate that as brothers and sisters in Christ and let our unity in Christ strengthen us and unify us and have no fear that our relationships, whether we're receiving that or offering that, that it would not destroy our relationships. It's so easy to let that be a stronghold and an agreement that we would um, that agree with uh, Satan on. So we we keep that, we hold on to it, create seeds of bitterness and uh, more anger drives us apart. First uh, Peter, let's go over to First Peter, verse chapter five. read out of James. I was like, nope, that's not it. Did I share that was a fear of mine? One of, one of the other times that I share is like, you go through and you capture some scripture and you got your thought there beside it and then you flip over to the scripture like I just did, but I was in James and not First Peter. And I read it. I was like, I don't remember that thought going with where I'm going. But it was just I was in the wrong place there, the wrong address. So let's try this. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Today. Be sober. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Vigilant. Sorry about that. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. That doesn't sound passive to me. Uh, the book of John. <clears throat> Chapter 10. Book of John, Chapter 10. Verse 10, John 10, 10. 
the thief, that would be Satan, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. That's John 10, 10. Um, I'm not going to read each one of these, but I want to give them to you. But each of these verses, and there's more, uh, John 12, 31, you can just jot these down if you want to take a look at those. Uh, John 12, 31, John 14 and 30, John 16 and 11. That's three, all in the book of John, 12, 31, 14, 30, and 16, 11. Uh, talk about the ruler of this world. I'm just going to flip over to the first one there, John 12, 31. It says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. So each of those verses talk about Satan being the ruler of this world. I'm going to go over to the back into Ephesians um, chapter 6 before we switch gears. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we not, do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So again, just sharing those verses to bring to your awareness, I hope, the fact in the matter that although we are uh, members of the king's army and victory is ours, that to hold that victory on a daily basis through his righteousness, it takes a fight. We have to be willing to battle because we just read we're behind enemy lines. Satan's looking for strongholds. He wants to devour us. His only purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. He's the ruler of this world, and he's our enemy. So, switching the angle on that, the question is then, if that's the case, are you ready? Are you ready, are you ready to battle? Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> so we have to be. We have to be. Um, the um, says so the thing. I always start with remaining in Christ because you hear Mike say, and I don't know if everybody gets this. If you hang around Mike enough, you will begin to speak in his language a little bit. But there's this thing he says about. The being creates the doing. That our being creates the doing. 
And so if you forget that, and you're about going about fighting this battle, remember I said about it's our wit that proves is that if we go about just doing to fight the battle, we're falling into the trap, the lies, the agreements, because Satan can have work us to death. We can be busy and become tired and exhausted. And um, the thing is, we have to start always in John 15, 4 and 5 to remain in Him. To start that is our foundation. So I want to read that. I know you're all familiar. John 15, verses 4 and 5. It says, Abide in me. This is in red letters, so Jesus speaks. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So back to that gold standard, that Ephesians 5, 8, and 10, that as you distinguish good and evil, you know that through resting and trusting in who God says He is, as we sang about earlier, holy, 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 He's our righteousness. As we rest in that and begin to accept that identity. If you remember earlier, I said we can't live past the identity that we accept. So that would be Satan's game plan. little memo for you. A little secret tip. That's his deception. If he can get you to accept an identity less than, that's as far, that's your ceiling. You begin to understand and believe that you are an ambassador for the living God. That you're an image bearer for Christ. You begin to live at a higher level. And there is no stopping that fruit. If you begin to live out of that existence. There is no tiring. You struggle. But it's different. It's different. It's the being that allows us to do. So I always want to start there. But. In our readiness to battle, we have to remain and trust He is who He says He is. And we are who He says we are. And rest in that. Be strengthened. Ephesians 3.13 Hold your finger in Ephesians 2. We're going to come back there a couple more times throughout this last section. But Ephesians 3.13 says, Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at tribulations, which is your glory. But don't lose heart. Know that the evil one's there aiming to steal and kill and destroy. But that our fruit will not be void. His fruit the fruit that we allow to manifest through our willingness to lean into the Spirit, He'll use it. So don't be disheartened. Be strengthened. Be encouraged. Uh, Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. 
It says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which is what was a created according to God, in true righteousness and true holiness. How is it that we put on that new man? That's that um, second box, if you will. The new man is, we are who he says we are. Put that on. Meditate on that. Soak in that. Let that renew your mind. Let that raise your ceiling of the identity you accept. Second uh, Corinthians 10. You don't have to go there. Stay in Ephesians. You guys find Ephesians 5.17. But Second Corinthians 10. Verses 3 through 5. I mentioned uh, that just a minute ago. Um, where am I here? Second Corinthians 2. Yeah, almost did that again. Here we go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons, praise God, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So that so perfectly spells out the process of examining your thought and distinguishing it good from evil. If we just take that moment to sit in whatever it is that faces us, take that moment to say, what am I dealing with here? Is this from the enemy or from the commander? And to take that thought captive. Measuring it against the fruit of God. Ephesians 5, 17, so we come back there, so here we are. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Just a reminder in taking our thought captives that some of your versions may say walk around thoughtlessly. Does anybody's version say that? Thoughtlessly? Mine says uh, uh, unwise. Some versions say thoughtless. Not to walk around thoughtless. Not to walk around passive. To be aggressive in man defending and uh, examining and distinguishing our, our thoughts. And then back to Ephesians 6.13, which we read uh, just a bit above that a few moments ago, but continuing in chapter 6 of Ephesians, picking up in 13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand there for having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in that in it I may speak boldly is all to speak. 
So some thoughts there around how we can... Uh, let me just read that. I'm going to go over to uh, Galatians uh, 5.22 through the end of that chapter 26. But again, just going back to the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no, no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So a thought to help give us some tools, several thoughts to help give us tools, I hope to bring you to another area of awareness in this um, area of where agreements come in, who's presenting those agreements, is it God, are they fruitful, is it a lie, and then things we can do to uh, be on guard, to be ready to battle those away. So I'd be glad if uh, afterwards, if send me an email or catch me if you want. If you didn't get all the scripture references, but if you want my notes, I'd be glad to send it to you or, or whatever. But um, I've got an exercise for us so that we not only talk through this tonight and get there, but um, I've got an exercise for us. Hey, Joseph, Catherine. Do some pens. Give Joseph some pens. Help pass those around. Some of you may have pens. If you don't, there's some pens there. Everybody needs at least one card, uh, maybe multiple. But here's here's the thing: is uh, um, what I'd like us to do is take a card, and as I brought this to awareness, I, I'm sure the spirit is is uh, hopefully resonating and and bringing those, hopefully bringing not only the truths of who you are in Christ to the forefront, but also raising some agreements to you that are lies, that um, has been presented to you over time that you've bought into and that have, you've agreed with. Something like, um, that your name is regret, that your decisions of the past separate you from God as far as the east is from the west but that's a lie your decisions from the past do not and that God separates them from you as far as the east is from the west that you're defeated because some of the days are long and tiring and you don't know the answer but that's a lie there were members of God's army children of his image bearers of Christ ambassadors for his kingdom 
fruit, offers, offerings of hope, love. God stirs your spirit to move and, and a lot of you guys are involved in a lot of things but as he stirs you to move that you're responsible for the results he didn't ask you for that don't listen to that lot you just move he's in the results business can we trust him with that Man, I struggle with that. So, a lot of these I've struggled with. I'd like to, Debbie's going to come up and we're going to continue praising and worshiping. And I'd like you to, whatever he's pressing on you, take that agreement. And in the name of Jesus, break it today. Start, today matters. Start right now and break it. Bring it up to the cross and lay it and leave it. Thanks, guys. than worthy. 
I'm an overcomer. Not because I got it together, because of Jesus. And it's His power and His name that gave me a mind change. Maybe somebody told you you were stupid when you were a kid. Or you'd never amount to anything. Or you weren't good at a sport. Or you couldn't sing good. Write them on that card and break the chain. Those are false agreements with the evil one. People do not define who we are. Christ defines who we are. The amount of people in this room does not define me, Mike, the refuge. Christ defines it. That results thing just threw me right for a loop. in who we are and whose we are. The whole time he was speaking, you know, I, I get these, um, it's a gift. I get these uh, visuals in my head. So he's, he's talking and he's talking about we're behind enemy lines. And uh, when he said something about um, the kingdom, well, I, I pictured a castle in my head. And I pictured this huge castle and this moat around it. And you know what? He's on the other side of the moat. He can't cross the drawbridge. He can holler, and that's what happens. We listen to the hollering. Listen to him screaming over the moat that you're a loser, that you're not enough, that you're defined by your addictions, that you're defined by your past, that you're defined by everything else but what God says to you. And God, Jesus is just whispering next to you and he's going, Come on, believe. Believe what I say about you. Don't believe what he's screaming across that moat. He's never going to get you. I have overcome by the cross. His word says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, he thought that he killed Jesus until he came busting out of the hole. So it's time that we live as children of the light. That we break every chain by the power of the name of Jesus. So.
Break every chain. 
bless you, bless you.